Hello and welcome to another episode of the Bearded Mystic Podcast and I'm your host Rahul N. Singh. Thank you for taking out the time today to either watch or listen to this podcast episode. Today we will be continuing on with my thoughts on the Bhagavad Gita. But before we do begin, there's a few things I'd like to let you know about. Please give your support to the Bearded Mystic Podcast by signing up to the podcast Patreon page for ad-free and bonus episodes and other benefits depending on the tier that you select. Details are in the show notes and video description below. Every Saturday at 11am Eastern Standard Time there's a free virtual meditation session along with discussion and Q&A for around an hour. Please find the details in the show notes and video description below if you're interested in meditating as a community. If you have any questions you can ask me with the new series Direct and Unfiltered with the Bearded Mystic. More information is in the show notes and video description below. Please like comment and subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube. If you're listening to this on your favorite podcast streaming app, please rate and review the podcast and do follow or subscribe to get future episodes. Today we will be continuing on with chapter 7 verses 12 to verse 15. Verse 12, the three gunas, the dynamic states of matter, sattvic, rajasic and tamasic, emanate from me. Yet Though they come from me, I am neither produced from them, nor am I under the influence in any way. So let's break this verse up a little. The three gunas, the dynamic states of matter, sattvic, rajasic and damasic, emanate from me. In yoga, the three gunas run the whole universe. This is why they're called dynamic states of matter. One thing is that these states are dynamic, so they're constantly changing. So even within us, what we'll find is, or in the universe, that some things are pure, there's inertia, there's laziness, and some things are just hyperactive. And that's how the universe runs. Now, sattva, as we know, is purity. Rajas we know is energy or energetic and tamas is darkness or inertia. Sattva will give you some level of happiness because it's pure. When we are pure we have a still mind and with that still mind we may find that there is happiness there and therefore we are calm and peaceful. With rajas it will give us agitation because there's energy there, there's hyperactivity and when we're active we find that our mind is unfocused. It's literally looking at 10,000 things at one time. There's no stillness. A lot of us may be in that way, especially if we work in the corporate environment. We're expected to really exercise our rajasic energy where we're constantly on the go. Even the hustle culture nowadays is all about being on the go, you know, being able to have a full-time job and then do a side hustle and all this. All these things may seem fine, but actually they're in constant change. And if we utilize this rajasic energy too much, we can get burnt out and we can literally have a breakdown. Then you have damsic energy, which will give you dullness and sorrow. When we're lazy, we can't be bothered to do anything. That can happen to a lot of us too. When our mind is depressed, or we're upset about something and we're constantly in sorrow, what happens is this dharmic energy takes over and we just can't be bothered to do anything. We find there is no purpose or meaning in life and that can happen. This whole universe is basically functioning in that matter and what Sri Krishna is saying here that all these energies emanate from Brahman or emanate from Saguna Brahman. What we have to understand is that these energies are from Brahman, the base of existence that these three energies run from, that this universe runs from, is from Brahman. Then he says, 
Yet though they come from me, I am neither produced from them, nor am I under their influence in any way. Despite the fact that all these dynamic and changing states of matter arise from Brahman, they cannot create nor produce Brahman. There's no way it can do that, because the base of its existence is from Brahman. It is from that unfiltered state, you could say, that really pure state where there's no blemish at all. Now these energies also cannot influence Brahman in any way. Remember, if you feel lazy... Brahman is not lazy. If you feel hyperactivity, Brahman is not hyperactive. If you're feeling that you're pure and you have a still mind, Brahman is not a still mind. Yeah? Brahman is the base of a still mind, but it is not a still mind. Mind is still mind. Now, for example, you may still your mind, you may be able to stabilize your mind, but there'll still be some sort of activity. No matter what we say, the only thing with a still mind is that there is no thoughts and emotions or images or sensations. But even then, we can come out of that state. That's why it's a changing state, it's a dynamic state. That's why even sattvic energy is not seen as something completely pure in that sense. It's purity, but it's not the same purity as Brahman. We have to really understand that. These energies really can't influence Brahman in any way. Therefore, the formless energy, that formless awareness, is beyond purity, inertia and hyperactivity. Remember this always, that the state of Turiya, that fourth state, is when we are beyond these three gunas. None of these states can produce formless awareness, because it is formless awareness that gives them power to emanate from it. So without that power, these dynamic states cannot be produced they cannot be formed therefore we need formless energy without formless energy they cannot exist awareness can never be influenced nor can it be mixed by anything just remember this awareness always is pure in itself unfiltered untouched unblemished it's not mixed with anything it's very very still awareness is stillness but the mind is only still when it connects with that stillness. Otherwise, it will not be still. These little things that are very important to understand when we look at these gunas. The context of the whole verse is that Sri Krishna states how Brahman is beyond these three dynamic states of matter. Neither do they create awareness, nor do they influence awareness in any way. We need to really understand that these states of matter, sattvic rajasic and tamasic are not what we really are it is not formless awareness it is far from it formless awareness can never be those three things in totality so to speak even those people that live a pure sattvic diet or something like that or living even that can become delusion or can become ego or i am better than the other person there is a, a big warning here that don't fall under that trap because remember if you're pure one day you never know even by accident by karma that you can become impure the next day by accident you could eat a piece of meat and you know you didn't mean it but it happened there's very very subtle points but they're very important to understand verse 13 because of the deluding influence of these three gunas those under their influence cannot see me, even though I am timeless and always visible beyond the wall of matter. We're going to look at the whole verse 
in itself. Whenever we enter a state of purity, so that can be done by, you know, cleanliness, good hygiene. And if we start thinking that brings awareness or we produce or we perform good karma from ritualistic actions and therefore we're now pure and we're now Brahman, actually that's the deluding influence of sattva, the sattva energy. Now, whenever we enter a state of inertia, when we think we are too tired or we can't be bothered for spiritual practice, then we are under the deluding influence of tamas. Why should we meditate? Why should we read the scriptures? I'm too tired. I'm too tired to read the scriptures. I don't care. It's too much work. It's boring. That's inertia. And then whenever we enter a state of hyperactivity, we cannot fix our attention to practice or we're too fidgety for no reason or we get bored really quickly. We are unfocused. Then we are under the deluding influence of rajas. Just remember these things that whenever we notice that within ourselves, we can see we're under the influence of those three gunas, those three dynamic states of matter. Now, if we are under any of these three influences, then we cannot see formless awareness at all. Because even though the formless awareness is the easiest thing to perceive, we would escape it because we're constantly associating it to something. Even if we associate formless awareness to being a pure state where we eat scientific food, we only study the scriptures, we only do ritualistic actions, that can become a subtle ego. And we are associating an action to formless awareness, which is not the case in reality. Formless awareness, even though it appears to be the doer, really there's no doing in formless awareness. It's just simply the observer. And everything that is being done is nature. And nature emanates from Brahman or from formless awareness. Now, although formless awareness is timeless and beyond the wall of matter, all experiences, thoughts, feelings, sensations, any sensory data and memories are all objects in formless awareness. Now, all these senses, these thoughts, these experiences belong to time. But its true self is beyond it. Now, the formless awareness is always visible and the true sage can see the formless even when matter tries to cover it. When we look at Maya, this cosmic illusion, or when we look at this world of the transactional reality, we think that is real. But actually, when we go deeper into our awareness, we realize actually there is awareness is observing all this. All this sensory data I'm comprehending is being screened upon awareness. This matter that I see, these physical objects that are all around me, I'm aware of them. What is this awareness? And then we go back to formless awareness and it all makes sense. The true sage can see formless awareness regardless of how much maya or this matter tries to cover it. We do not see the physical objects, we see that which is aware of the object. Yeah, that's what we understand. We understand that that which is aware of the object is that formless awareness. That does not change according to the objects that it is observing. Once you break free from these three gunas in terms of their influence, you know, you're no longer driven by them, 
then there is only formless awareness, ever-present and omnipresent. The context of the whole verse is that Sri Krishna is guiding us to go beyond the deluding influence of the three gunas and we can then see the formless awareness very clearly and as mentioned, it is ever-present and omnipresent. It's the only thing present, therefore it's always present. It's timeless, it's eternal. Verse 14, the gunmai, illusory divine energy of mine, which I personally designed using my divine and mystical intelligence, is exceedingly difficult to transcend and go beyond. Only those who completely take shelter in me can go beyond the deluding influence of the three gunas of Prakriti. Let's break this up a little. So this gunmai, this illusory divine energy of mine, which I personally designed using my divine and mystical intelligence, is exceedingly difficult to transcend and go beyond. Now we're entering some interesting ground, and this is where we'll utilize the help of Sagana Brahman or the Ishtadevta, which in this case will be Sri Krishna. I do admit that I'm making a massive concession here because usually I see everything as formless awareness. But here, I want to personalize it a little by understanding what Sri Krishna is saying. Now, what Sri Krishna is saying is that this Gunmai is from nature. It is Prakriti. Now, anything that is Prakriti is going to create this illusion. Really, the subtle thing to understand here is that Sri Krishna is talking about how nature creates all this and that formless awareness is separate to it or formless awareness is beyond it, shall we say. Sagana Brahman is still an illusion, remember, even though I'm maybe referring to Sri Krishna or to Sagana Brahman, it's still an illusion because it's an object that is full of attributes. So whatever you can observe as an attribute is an object. Therefore, Sagana Brahman is an object. Now, eventually, what we have to understand is that Sagana Brahman is Nirgun Brahman. It's not separate at all. It's from Nirgun Brahman that Sagana Brahman is. All these attributes of Brahman emanate from Brahman, or that Brahman is beyond those attributes. Yeah, that's why it's Nirgun. One attribute is that it is the creator, as the creator is also the creation. Therefore, we can see this part of the verse in that sense, that the creator and the creation are one, that Prakriti is creating itself, you could say. This Sugana Brahman is what personally designs this Gunmai, this illusory divine energy, and is personally designed by Sagana Brahman by utilizing divinity and mystical intelligence. And because of it being created by that one, by Sagana Brahman, the highest form of intelligence in terms of Prakriti, in terms of nature, in terms of Maya, it's very difficult to transcend it and go beyond it. To do that, you have to go to Nirgun, right? One way to do this is just to be in wonder of the divine and mystical intelligence of Sagana Brahman. Look at it and be like, wow, all this that I see and perceive through my senses, all these energies that I am made of, these three gunas, they are an illusion that makes me think that this is everything. This intricate design of the Lord has hidden itself from me. But when I observe these three gunas, 
I realize that the observer is eternal. But until you realize that, it will be very difficult to transcend and go beyond. Now, if we look at it through wonder, we see right through that subtle veil of matter, that subtle illusory divine energy of Sogana Brahman. Otherwise, we will be stuck and we will fail to transcend. We will be constantly struggling to go beyond this illusory divine energy of Sogana Brahman. So without Vivek, we will constantly struggle in trying to go beyond what is real and unreal. We will not be able to see the real. We will not be able to go beyond what is unreal. We will constantly struggle, constantly be fighting this. But observe who is fighting this. And you go to your answer. Look at these three gunas and be amazed by them. Be in wonder and then see right through them. Then there will not be a struggle. A struggle because we think we are this very illusion itself. Then in the next part of the verse, Sri Krishna says, Only those who completely take shelter in me can go beyond the deluding influence of the three gunas of Prakriti. Now to go out of this tricky maze, this illusion of objects, this illusion of energies, of creation and creator, this is when we have to go straight to formless awareness. So we have to take shelter in formless awareness, not in Saguna Brahman, not in the attributes. We have to go beyond the attributes, go beyond this illusory divine energy. And we cannot do it with half-heartedness. We have to go there with our complete heart, with our complete surrender. We completely let go and we just go and rest into the witness of all, that witness consciousness, that formless awareness. We surrender with all our might and we just completely let go and empty ourselves of any energy that is observed. And then you just watch how this gunmai, this illusory divine energy, dissolves away in a matter of milliseconds. This is what can happen. We completely take the shelter of Nirgun Brahman because only Nirgun Brahman is the one that is beyond this all. The energies cannot influence it in any way, does not mix with it in any way. Therefore, take that shelter. The context of the whole verse is that Sri Krishna gives us the key to transcend the illusory divine energy, this Gunmai, by surrendering completely to formless awareness. Otherwise, it is very, very difficult to do so. It will be very challenging. Therefore, remain as the observer, remain as formless awareness, and therefore, it will be a lot easier to not be influenced by these energies, whether that is sattvic, damsic, or rajasic. Verse 15, the final verse of today's episode. Therefore, those whose actions are harmful to others, who are low-minded and unevolved, who are deluded and confused, whose gyan has been subverted by delusion, and who are dedicated to the path of Dhammas, leading to darkness and destruction, cannot see me. 
Let's look at the whole verse altogether. Let's understand the qualities of those people that will never be able to see this formless awareness. How can we recognize them? This is where Sri Krishna helps us. By recognizing them, we have to then analyze ourselves to make sure we do not have those qualities. We have to make sure we're beyond those. First of all, their actions will always cause harm for others because they are selfish, they are power hungry, they are full of enmity and their actions are always full of injustice. They don't care about others. They are selfish. They want their rights to be more than your rights. They want to have better health care than you get. They want better wages, but make sure that your wages do not increase. They look to steal your rights. They dampen your seva. They dampen your remembrance of the Lord. Those people who steal your peace, they are low-minded and uninvolved, and that's not what we want to be. They are low-minded. Why? Because they cannot think beyond themselves. They can't think of anything but themselves. Even if they think of their family, they are just extensions of themselves. They are just creating a larger ego. My son, my daughter should be on top. My brother should be on top. My sister should be on top. They should have the highest positions in my company or in the thing that I'm looking after. That's just an extension of the ego. They don't care about their family. They care about their own name, their own respect. What respect will you have? If all you are thinking of is my family should be at the top, they should be benefiting, nobody else should benefit. My guru often used to say, do not trust your friends, do not trust your family. Because even they can betray you. What he meant was, that don't be attached, have a detached attitude. Just be alert that not everyone thinks of your favour. Not everyone thinks in the benefit of you. Most people are selfish. Therefore just be alert. Now they are unevolved, meaning that they have nothing about them that is humane. They lack humanity. They are even worse than animals. Animals still have some basic instincts that are still better than human beings. When one is meant to be a human being, they should have those virtues of a human being. They should be kind. They should be tolerant. They should be accepting. They should be happy. They should be unselfish. Now because they are deluded and confused, they don't know what is real and unreal. Their buddhi is underdeveloped and they are drowning in ignorance. They don't know themselves at all. They don't know the self, the real self, the true self. They think that the world is real and everything else is unreal. They may worship God, but their God is just another figment of their imagination. They only worship God either because they find some benefit that, oh yeah, if I worship God, I will have respect in society. Or, if I believe in God, maybe I'll get what I want. Their belief is fake. Their whole energy is fake. 
because they think this world is real. My position is real. My power is real. My wealth is real. These people are not spiritual at all. They may appear spiritual, but they're not. When this gyan has been undermined, demolished and annihilated from their consciousness and because they're in this delusion that they are this name and form, they think they are Prakriti. They do not see themselves as this witness consciousness, as a Purusha, as this formless awareness, as Nirgun Brahman. They think they are name and form with likes and dislikes. They think they are this body and mind alone. Or maximum they think they are a separate Jeev that can never be close to God. They have attractions and repulsions and they are driven by those very things, by those Rag and Devesha. Those people, they are dedicated to the path of Dhammas, to laziness, to darkness. They don't want to do anything for spiritual practice and hence everything they do is in the darkness of ignorance and leads to nothing but destruction, leads to nothing but to harm. And they will never be able to be realized. They will never understand what formless awareness is. They can talk about it. They may know lines in the scriptures. They may talk the talk, but they will not walk the walk. The path is not for them to walk upon. They only talk about the path, but they do not walk the path. Those people stay away from them. They are harmful to others. They will always cause harm. Therefore, stay away from them. I'm not saying don't love them, love everybody, but just be alert, be aware that not everyone can be trusted because most people are living with this tamas, this energy of tamas. The context of the whole verse is that Sri Krishna tells us of those people who cannot see formless awareness and basically is telling us to not be like those people at all because they are totally confused and deluded, they are low-minded. And that person who is a jnani, where the jnana has got rid of the delusions and illusions, they are always in formless awareness and their actions, they are pure, they are full of love, compassion, and they are always caring about others, not just themselves, but others too. And that's the way we need to be. That is the end of the episode. Please do share this podcast with your friends and family who may enjoy this content. Follow me on social media to keep getting updates. Join the Bearded Mystic Podcast WhatsApp community group to continue this podcast discussion. Details are in the show notes and video description below. If you would like to support the Bearded Mystic Podcast, do check out the podcast Patreon page. Details are in the show notes and video description below. Please rate and review the podcast on our website www.thebeardedmysticpodcast.com Please like and comment on this video and subscribe to this YouTube channel. Please follow and subscribe to this podcast on your favourite podcast streaming app. Also, as I mentioned earlier, we have started a new series where you can ask questions and it's a series called Direct and Unfiltered with the Bearded Mystic. For more information, check the show notes and video description below. Thank you very much for listening and let's end with the Soham and Shanti Mantra. Soham, Soham, I am that, I am that. Om Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. Om peace, peace, peace. Namaste.